Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 190 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. And yes, it is still Cincinnati, despite what you've just heard. We have got a new theme tune. It's only taken 189 episodes and almost five years for us to get one. Uh, Why do we change it? Well, you know, we've got to move with the times and be responsible and all the rest of it. And uh, how better than teaming up with one of our new musical pals, Cincinnati-based musician Freak Bass, who was good enough to uh, to sort us out with a new theme tune, and I uh, hope you like it. Uh, we've gone full liquid funk, uh, so I'm hoping you, I'm, I'm, well, I'm hoping that you're just dripping, dripping after hearing that little number. Um, but yeah, many thanks to Freak. Base Nathan Palmer out there in the internet ether on the other end of an internet telephone. Were you? Uh, are you dripping? <laughs> I'm not sure I quite know what that means, son. But I am absolutely pumping after after a fantastic performance from our Bengals last night. Absolutely, and uh, but you didn't mention the theme tune. Do you like the theme tune? You like the theme tune, don't you? You know. Like I said to you before, it sounds a bit like Daft Punk's done it for us. So I'm a big fan of Daft Punk. So yeah, very much enjoyed it. Good stuff. Yes. Once again, thank you, Freak Bass. Go and follow him on Twitter at Freak Bass, and he's a big Twitcher. So he's always playing live uh, over the airwaves. So go and check him out. He was on the tailgate a few weeks ago. And goodness me. Uh, he really is something. He's incredible. I mean, genuinely incredible. So uh, go and check him out. But as uh, as you mentioned, Nathan, we're not here to talk about music or theme tunes or anything like that. Um, we're here to talk about the American football game of the NFL and more specifically our Cincinnati Bengals. And uh, I think, I think I, I'm going to take a guess, Nathan, you may use a word that you've not used for a while in describing this game. Can you guess which one I mean? I don't. I've been thinking about it all day. I don't think it's a throlicking last night. Oh, I think it was close. Yeah. And I don't think it was a full-on throlicking. I think maybe one or two more scores and you'd have been having a word about it. But that big, long touchdown there before the half kept him in here. And I know we pulled away in the in the second half, but unfortunately, I think because of that, it's probably just too close to be a throlicking. I mean, it was a damn good performance, I think, um, especially from the offense. But you've got a high, you've got a high, you've got a high throlicking threshold, haven't you? These days, um, you're not, well, you, you don't want to bandy that around too much. 
solid handle, son. You can't just be dishing them out left, right, and centre. You know, you've got to be keeping standards high, making sure that you're you're giving out things when they're due. And I think last night, very good performance, best performance of the season. Was it a frolicking? I probably not, but I don't know. Listeners might think otherwise. Well, there you go. We'll come to the game in a minute. We're approaching Halloween. Um, Bengals are playing Monday night on Halloween, Monday night football. Um, let's hope uh, they manage to vanquish the ghosts of Cleveland because I don't think Joe Boy's beaten Cleveland in his, t- in his time uh, in Cincinnati. So that's something to look forward to and something that we'll no doubt discuss next week. Um, you a big Halloween fan, Nathan? I'm not sure. Whether... I know this is probably like people are going to be screaming. All three of our listeners will be screaming at the uh, at their speakers. I'm not a huge fan of Halloween. I um, I, I don't mind it. It's a bit of a laugh. I'm not against it. I don't love it. That's where I, that's where I am. So, what would be your? I'm interested then. Okay. Um, I know people go nuts about Halloween. And, you know, that's fair enough. I don't begrudge anyone going nuts over anything, really. Um, unless they're a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers, obviously. Um, but um, I'm interested. You're on. You're out in your local neighbourhood. You're very posh, North London local neighbourhood, right? <laughs> and, um, and you're going out trick-or-treating. What's your patter on the doorstep for trying to get trick-or-treating going? I want to hear Nathan's opening line. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. So, I thought you were going to say costume. Well, okay, you could bring that in. But I just did a door effect. Hold on, hold on. So, this is you knocking at my door, right? And I'm a grumpy, non-Halloween lover. So, all right, who's that? I ain't going to be trick-or-treating as a 32-year-old man. You'd probably think I was going to mug you. <laughs> but you've got to... Come on, What if you were, what would you be? Then... I'd just say trick-or-treating. Like, no, like, I'm trying to sell you something. No, that's true. But I thought you would have some sort of patter. What if I'm What if I'm resisting and saying, look, man, I'm not, I'm not into this, and you're a 32-year-old man? What are you doing? Go and get yourself a <laughs> life. Forget about it. Man. He dressed as Dick Dastardly as well. I do love a Dick <laughs> Dastardly costume. So you were dressed as Dick... I want to see this one day. I really want to see this. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Dick Dastardly, a massive fan. All right, so I open the door and I'm like, what the hell is this? Dick, <laughs> you're a 32-year-old man and you're dressed as Dick Dastardly. <laughs> you expect me to give you... I'm giving you neither a trick or a treat for that get-up, mate. 100%. I'd expect you to call the police if you had any sense. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, well, uh, you know, for, uh, yeah. Well, that's that's uh, scuppered your Halloween thing. But I would like to. Have you ever dressed up as Dick Dastardly? Was that just like I'm a little pipe dream? Him this Thursday, I believe. You what? Say again. I'm dressing up as him this Thursday, I believe. There better be photographs of this. I'm yeah, sure. If I, if I do, I, I'm waiting to see if it arrives in time. If I do, I, I will certainly send it to you, my son. Um, I just am a big fan of his. I think he was misunderstood. He won a legitimate race in Wacky <laughs> Races. It was taken away from him. What do you uh, mean misunderstood? He was a cheating... No, I don't know. Like, the, the whole point was that you were allowed to muck people about. No, I don't think he was doing anything wrong. He just... And who was his crew? It was that was it the Antil races? Races was that that was the crew? No, the, 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 his his companion was Mutley the dog. Yeah. Okay. 
That's right. And then at the anthill mob. Yeah, they were the, the sort of ridiculous. They were the good guys, weren't they? The anthill mob. Well, yeah. I mean, they're sort of yeah. There was Penelope Pitstop. Remember All right, that? here's a question: Did you have a crush on Penelope Pitstop? No, nah, not really. Oh, not I really. I, I did a little. Anyway, right. Let's uh, let's move on, shall we? But uh, why was he misunderstood then? He was just like you quite enjoyed his ingenuity and the fact that he was yeah. willing to go the extra mile. No pun intended. And he won a race once. He 100% won a legitimate race and they took it off him for cheating. But that's the whole point. Is you're allowed to do whatever you want. And his nose cone went over the line. <laughs> they were like, oh, no, he's cheating. But it's like Peter Perfect had a massive nose cone. They never said anything about that. You know, I just... There was an article online about it that I read and agreed with. But, yeah, massive Dick Dassily fan. You've, you've actually delved into I can tell this has actually scarred you, hasn't it? This is something that you feel aggrieved about. He was legitimately robbed, and I think we need to, you know, there needs to be a case opened up. It's a bit like the FIA in Formula 1. Any Formula 1 fans know how much the FIA are despised. It's a bit like that, you know. It's just, I think the wacky races, you know, they need to reopen the case and have a look at it. Mm, okay. Well, as I say, I can tell it's emotionally disturbed Wait, you. Uh, no, I just, I'm, I believe in justice, my son. You know? I think <laughs> you believe in Dick Justice, which sounds like a superhero, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, right, shall we move on? Shall we get some reaction, eh? Let's do it. Reaction, reaction, ole, ole, ole. Reaction, reaction, ole, ole, ole. Bengals 35, uh, Falcons 17 uh, at uh, Paycor Stadium. 66-odd thousand people going nuts. And we know at least three of them very, very well because our Dockers uh, and our Tom McDowell and our Scott Gibb and our Vicky are out there uh, and they thoroughly enjoyed the game. Did you see the photograph of Tom McDowell crying? Openly weeping. Crying has negative connotations, so I'm going to say weeping openly. Um, did you see the photograph of him reacting very reactioning very emotionally at being at Paycor for the first time? Oh, I did, yeah, of course I did, and a beautiful moment. And you can imagine for a fan for a long time, I think 15, 18 years, Tom's been a fan. I'm sure that when you sit down in that stadium and you you're soaking up the atmosphere, and I think whenever you go into a stadium, they're quite weird places, aren't they? They're just quite yeah. sort of massive and overwhelming, and you get sucked in by it all. So, I, you know, I'm sure that there's a lot of people who felt the same when they go to their first game. Um, in the States and certainly at, at Paycor Stadium. It's weird. I, I actually shed a tear as well as I, when I saw what was then Paul Brown Stadium shimmering on the uh, riverbanks of the Ohio River uh, when I first saw it. Because it's so weird. It's like, I'll ne- I'd never get a chance to see this stadium. You know, I've been supporting them for so long. The connection is so strong. And it's not just me, but the same for everyone out there. Um, and when you actually see the stadium... Uh, for the first time it is a very emotional surreal thing and uh, I think those guys have really made the most of it and Tom you know he's one of the best guys you'll ever meet so um, it was such a lovely moment seeing seeing him react so emotionally to being there and uh, and do you know what there's a lot of British fans going over this year I don't know whether it's just a post-covid uh, kind of thing where they're uh, um What's the phrase? Demob happy almost. You know, it's like, right, I'm going to do the things that I want to do. And one of the things I really want to do is go and see 
uh, Bengals game. You know, we've had people go out to New York. We've had people, you know, I know someone who's going out to Cleveland next week. Um, uh, obviously, to uh, Paycor Stadium uh, this year. People are going out to see the Bucks game later on this year. It just seems there are far more people from the UK just taking the plunge and, and kind of uh, fulfilling a lifelong dream, really. Yeah, it's, it's, it's lovely to see. And I think, like you said, it, it's partly, I think, down to the sort of COVID effect of people wanting to get away and do stuff, having been cooped up for a long time. I think it's also because the Bengals, quite frankly, uh, um, are very, very good and they're a really good team to go and watch. You know, you want to go and see Joe Burrow. You want to go and see Jamar Chase. And um, I also think, you know, 100%, we've talked about this in the past, the the effect that the marketing the Bengals have been doing. What's yeah, that? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Ring of Honor and... Um, Obviously, all the work they've been doing on smartening up the stadium and really getting involved, getting the fans involved. That that has a knockdown effect, you know, where people sort of see it and they want to be involved. And yeah, as you yeah. said, so all those guys going out with the the touchdown trips, things, the Panthers game in a couple of weeks. There's yeah. been people going to New York game, people at the, the Falcons game this week. There's been a lot of people like the, the Saints game last week. There's a couple of the yeah, guys there yeah, as well. Yeah. So. You know, it's brilliant. And, you know, I think I might be going out to the Bills game this year. We'll, we'll see about that. But, yeah, it's fantastic. And you've got to take your hat off to, to these guys, um, you know, over here from the UK, going over there, spending their money. The pound against the dollar doesn't get you get you much at all at the moment. So, you know, even more credit um, for these lads. And yeah. I'll tell you what, when you, when you see them over there, it looks like an absolutely fantastic time as well. Yeah, absolutely. So do let us know, anyone that's going out to... Cincinnati um, or uh, around the US to watch the Bengals play between now and the end of the season, do let us know, get in touch and we'd love to have you on our tailgates and love to see all your photographs, post them up and tag us in on uh, on Twitter at, uh, at whodate underscore UK. Um, yeah, it is a phenomenal experience and uh, it's so cool that we, we are able to do that these days you know uh, it really is anyway back to the game it uh, was a smashing atmosphere again inside Paycor the sun was shining and bloody hell bloody hell didn't they come out and my I told you last week that I was worried about this game and I felt like a fool after the first quarter quite frankly uh, 21 nothing no 14 nothing up and then 21 nothing up um they looked on offense looked super sharp and i have to say credit to everyone because thing i mean the ship has turned hasn't it really and they've stuck a new motor in there and you know what was once a slow kind of i'm going to stretch this ship motor uh, metaphor out for as long as i can i think uh, what was once a very slow uh, cruise line it is now a very sexy speedboat isn't it nathan it absolutely is, and we've said every week that the Bengals are getting better week on week. They got better yesterday, and by far that's the best performance that Joe Boy's had this season. It <clears throat> might be the best, one of the best performances he's ever had um, as a Bengal. It was, it was just brilliant across the ball. He ran the ball well. He ran the ball in for. He got the uh, a big first down at one point where he ran for about fifteen yards. He snuck one in there for a score and. 
481 yards. I really thought at one point he was he might have a go at the all-time record. Me too, yeah, yeah. yeah. 45, 50, you know, you, all it took really was one uh, one more big haul down the field and he would have been very, very close to that. But it was just an, an unbelievable performance. There was virtually no bad throws. There was one interception that was chalked off and I think he knew that um, the flag had been fl- uh, thrown for offsides. They threw it a bit errantly downfield. But he's just stepped up week after week. And I think he's getting more comfortable. I think Zach Taylor's getting more comfortable taking the, you know, any sort of reins off of him um, that might, he might have had in the first couple of weeks. And we said last week, and I, I'll say it again, I think it's a very similar pattern to what we saw last season yeah, where yeah, yeah. at the start and you're sort of scratching your head at a few games and how are we losing this game? What are we doing here? Zach Taylor's got to go. And all of a sudden, you're just starting to see glimpses last week and this week of the team that emerged down the stretch last year. And I think what they've got to do now, the boys, is just keep that momentum going, you know, keep that. But what they've got to do is they've got to make sure that bottom is higher. You know, you can't be ever playing again this season like they did against teams like the Steelers, uh, against Dallas and stuff like that. The bottom needs to come up and, and the ceiling needs to go up as well um, to a performance like this. So exciting and I was I was really pleased with what I saw yesterday great game plan I thought yesterday and I mean yeah. we really started out fast and they're taking deep shots now they're they're making those explosive plays when earlier on the season they just were not doing that you know they were struggling to adjust to uh, the defense's game plan in taking away that deep ball but you saw that uh, long touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd it was great to see TB on the end of a long touchdown pass, not just a little 10-yard whatever, uh, you know, in the slot there, um, proving that he is still a big play guy if he's used correctly. And uh, it was just really great to see in that long pass down the sideline, that go route to Jamar Chase. And then Chase had that touchdown where he pretty much did the same to the Falcons' defence, what he did to the Chiefs' defence in the game the regular season game against the Chiefs last year when he when he caught the ball on the sideline, cut inside and then just kind of burned the whole defence. It was just fantastic. Giza some space is so dangerous. And it all oh, it's like he did yeah. last week. You just get him a little bit of room to the outside and the yeah. speed get to is just frightening yeah, you know yeah. really really is and that play yesterday you think oh he's just turned the geezer inside out he might stretch this across the field and get an extra five or six and it's like oh nope he's at the 10 he's at the five and he's in and i mean i was terrified uh, you know when he got hurt yesterday and he's yeah, yeah, yeah. around his hip and he'd been walked down the tunnel at half time but Thank goodness he came back out. He played the rest of the game. I'm sure the medical staff will be all over him this week, making sure that he's up to speed. But like I said, when he's when he's in top form, he, he really is borderline unplayable. And I, as much as I love AJ Green, as, as good as AJ Green was, I think Jamar Chase has a higher ceiling than AJ Green, and just yeah. in terms of his agility and his speed and strength uh, as well. Yeah, it, it is, he is incredible. And that's no knock on AJ Green. Because AJ Green was a bit more, bit, bit bigger than him and a bit taller and all the rest of it. And still an incredible Pro Bowl talent. But I just think Chase, in his very early career today, has the potential to be better than that if he keeps going. Yeah. Uh, what was also interesting to me, and credit the Bengals, basically, they took away the Falcons' main uh, mode of attack. And I'm not just talking about shutting down the the running game because they you know they more or less did but um 
basically the, the the Falcons like to go on long drives, and they the Bengals just took them out of that comfort zone, and they had no answer. They just did not have a passing game to come back, um, like other teams do. Do you know what I mean? It's like the only way the Falcons can score. And yes, I know they scored on a long touchdown and, you know, towards the end of this first half. But in general, the, the only way that they can win games, from what I've seen, is go on long, time-sapping drives. And uh, and the, yes, they had one. I think it was a 10-minuter in, uh, uh, yeah. in that second quarter where they scored like 17 points. But... Um, yeah, the Bengals just took away and just kind of said, you know, yeah, fair enough, you know, just you need to get back in this game, you need to pass it. But they uh, they weren't able to. Another interesting facet, I mean, I think we can safely say that this team has an identity now, offensively, and that is, this is a shotgun team. This yeah, is I... a shotgun team. Yeah, um, yeah. And if you want to know why it's working... I would suggest going and listening to the Athletic Football Podcast because Robert Mays and Nate Tice do a great job in breaking down why this is working, what tweaks the Bengals have made to actually get this offence going. And it's the the conclusion, it seems to me, uh, after listening to it on, uh, on my way home from work today, was that um, basically if you stay in shotgun... Um, it just keeps the defense on their toes, you know. And there was even a play action um, out of shotgun, which is kind of quite rare, really. So they they they're starting to. Do you know? Remember, we were saying, you know, like, we don't like running out of shotgun. We don't like. It just yeah. doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. It doesn't. It it feels a bit counterintuitive, you know. But they've really figured it out, and uh, yeah, they were hit. You know, Joe Boy was hitting people underneath. Hayden Hurst had a big day. Joe Ball was taking shots down the field when the safeties come up, and even that Tyler Boyd TD that that was against cover too, you know. So things yep. things are working, things have uh, you know really been worked out and adjusted, and in real time as well, which is kind of uh, a really. I mean, you have to give Zach Taylor and Brian Callan for as much shit as they get. You have to give credit to them, I think. You do the, to counter that. They were playing against yeah. practice squad <clears throat> standard corners. And when you've got Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Hayden Hurst, Joe Mixon, and you are going up against guys that have been signed off the practice squad yesterday, and even in the game, they had a few people come down. They're rotating people back there. Um, the Falcons were 31st against the pa- um, the pass anyway, so let alone, you know, you're running these lads out there. So it's great. They played really well. <clears throat> You'd expect them to play at a sort of a similar level to that considering the standard opposition at home. Um, and I, I agree, you have to give credit because they executed, they did what they needed to do. But I do think that further down the season, when you come up against some stiffer defences, um, that's where I think you've got to get the run game going in some yeah. way, shape, form. I mean, it's we still have yet to see a really strong running game, I think, this season. Um, yesterday, you know, Mayer has you know, 17 rushes for Mixon, 58 yards, one for P. Ryan for nothing. So, you know, you're still averaging in that sort of less than three and a half yards a carry, which is not ideal. But, I mean, when you've got Joe Boy pinging it around for 481 yards off of 42 attempts, you're not 
particularly going to look at that. You're not particularly worried about that. But like I said, you're going to have to find a bit more balance, I think, against better defences, shut down corners that have given us some problems, as we've seen at the start of the season against the Steelers when they had a bit of a tougher defence with Watt out there and um, stuff like that. So, yeah, um, very, very good, very, very strong. I mean, I think, like you said, it's great to see someone like Tyler Boyd have a good game. He's not normally, like you said, a real aerial threat. That one-handed catch was absolutely oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, and there's another one he had, I think, when he was sort of rotating oddly on the sideline and brought that one in. It was, it was really, really impressive. And Joe, I want to give a nod to against his old club, Hayden Hurst. Yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. just think he's having very low-key, fantastic year. He's on course for more yards than CJ had last year. I think he's just brought a real burst to the team. He's, he just looks really positive every time he gets the ball. He seems jacked up and he's ready to go. He's made some fantastic catches. He's strong when he gets the ball. His hands are good. I just think he's been... This is honestly, again, I think you've got to take your hat off to the front office. They've made some brilliant signings in free agency. Mm. And I think he was one of them. You know, we're, A lot of us were a bit, oh, you know, CJ was sort of the heart and soul of the team, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you know, I love CJ's armor as the rest, as much as the rest of us. But you got to say, Hayden Hurst, cheaper player, come in. I think he's operating at a better level than CJ was. So you got to, like I said, you got to give credit to the front office there. I think he was a fantastic move bringing him in. No, I thoroughly agree. And um, you know, everything's starting to gel. They're executing much better. They're, you know, they know their roles now. The offensive line looks more cohesive, better in pass protection. Not perfect. Obviously, you mentioned the running game, but um, yeah, everything on offense is starting to gel. And when you get Joe Boy playing like that in absolutely full command and in full confidence in his abilities, we mentioned earlier on the season, he just didn't quite look right. Everything was a tick off, the sink was slightly out. But I mean, yesterday and certainly in the second half against the Saints, it was like. It was hot knife through butter territory, I think, and um, it was very fun to watch. And you kind of thought that this lot are just going to score every time they get the ball, which is, for Bengals fans, fatalistic Bengals fans, that's quite a quite an unusual um, feeling to have. Still, uh, even after last year, you know. Um, it was great, crazy yesterday, and just to, just to move on to the defence for one minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You take out that mad seventy-five yard touchdown to Bird at the end of the at the end of the first half. Marcus Mariota yesterday, forty-nine yards passing. Yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. that's absurd, isn't it? As I cannot remember a game where um, you know, obviously take that one play out, but where a quarterback has just thrown so little and just you know rarely done anything. You know, I just he didn't. He ran the ball a couple of times. You know, we kept him in check there. I think probably, you know, the stuff they've seen against Lamar Jackson helps you against a mobile I quarterback agree, like yeah. that. And really Marcus Mariota is certainly not as talented as Lamar Jackson. But again, it was another brilliant performance. I, I think Cheeto at the moment is just, if he doesn't get the nod for the Pro Bowl, I'll be shocked by it. I mean, yeah. that tackle on the goal line to Kyle Pitts that was, was great, absolutely wasn't it? unbelievable. You know, just such a good play to hit him mm-hmm. up, perfect technique to get him down. And you talk about Kyle Pitts, you know, I think number four overall pick, wasn't he? Or certainly top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three receptions for nine yards on five targets. And he is an athletic freak. I mean, he's an yeah. absolutely unbelievable talent. He reminds he me of that. me, actually. A little <laughs> bit, a little bit. That Drake London, when he was a first-round yep, yeah, pick. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
nine yards. And, you know, you were saying, and I, I think rightfully so as well, oh, this could be a tricky game. I mean, they won three games, the Falcons coming into this. You know, they're not just a sort of one-win team or anything silly like that. And fair play to the boys to go in there and make yeah, it look very uh, on, on And offense. I say, you know, Atlanta have been playing these funky personnel groupings and uh, different shifts and motions and RPOs and all kinds of crazy stuff. You said there's a couple of formations where there was two, I want to say running backs, there might have been halfbacks or tight ends, I can't remember, either side of the quarterback in shotgun, and then behind there was the running back. So it was almost like four back there. It's like, God, what are they going to do here? You know, And they actually didn't do much. But that's how they've been finding success with all these kind of funky little formations and, as I say, personnel groupings. But they only rushed for 107 yards yesterday. And that's been the strength. And I say, ben, the Bengals forced them to play a game that they were just not equipped to play. So that's all you can hope for. And the key thing, uh, let's face it, zero points allowed in the second half. Uh, again, stats, you know, yeah. people can run for 200 yards and a half, but really when it comes down to, uh, when I say people, I mean opponents, and, you know, a receiver can get like 900 yards and a half or whatever. As long as they don't get in the end zone, it doesn't matter. Good for fantasy points, but but in terms of wins and losses, um, you don't want the your opponents, it seems like an obvious thing to say, but you don't want your opponents to get into the end zone. And the Bengals have not allowed a touchdown in seven straight games, which is, I mean, even without DJ Reader. Uh, Trey Hendrickson went off yesterday. Let's hope um, we're recording this just before Zach's press conference, so we don't know too much about Hendrickson's neck injury. But you kind of shudder, every, you know, anytime anyone says a neck injury, you're like, oh no, you know, that could be, you know, that's not good. Um, Logan Wilson out, um, but then you've got like Jay Tufeli and uh, Zach Carter making big time run stops. Uh, Tufeli's actually played very well. I believe he was the Bengals' highest-rated defensive player yesterday, which is fair play to him. He's really come out. I mentioned it last week, but he really had some good plays. You know, a tackle for a loss yesterday. Him and Akeem Davis Gaither again with Logan Wilson out stepping up. Akeem Davis Gaither led the team in tackles yesterday. Really good to see the depth in action. You know, also great to see Cam Taylor Britt on the field, getting some snaps, doing his thing. You know, that that's exciting to see him out there this early. So. Yeah, really good. And obviously, you got to doff your cap, Joseph Asai, with his first. Yeah, great, snap. great spin move as well to look get to good. Yeah, look, looked a bit tasty out there. And yeah. he's something we need to come on a bit and, you know, really sort of add to that depth at the pass rush position as we, we've been screaming out for it. And if anything is wrong with Trey Hendrickson for a couple of games or hopefully. Um, you know, certainly no more than that, then he's a guy that's going to have to step up and play well. And again, you know, we say with Sam Hubbard, he's never, Sam Hubbard going to be an all pro defensive end, but he was fantastic yesterday. You know, he was brilliant. He had another sack. He was getting mm. in there, hit the quarterback a few times. He, he really does play just every one play as he like, acts like he's his last. He mm. plays with his sleeve. He just, the, the most obvious captain on the team, I think, and just someone that any young football players should look up to as, um, a real role model on the field. Uh, breaking news. Well, certainly not breaking uh, when you listen to this. Obviously, uh, Zach Taylor says Trey Hendrickson got a stinger 
Uh, I'm still not quite sure what that means. Um, I honestly thought that when you were talking about it a second ago. I, I don't really know what it is either, but you, when it's around the neck, and I, I don't know if it's just a sort of... Jar? Is it like a jarring? Yeah. That, or, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, they will, apparently they're going to manage him during the week. Uh, he's optimistic Logan Wilson will be back against the Browns. Oh, that's fantastic, isn't it? But DJ Reader, don't anticipate him being activated this week. Zach says... Uh, we'll see after that. So DJ Reed and not. We could have done one of them against Nick Chubb uh, next week, but uh, looks like DJ's out. Um, anything more that you want to add before we get to uh, our correspondences? Um, I thought the line was decent yesterday. They gave up three sacks, but they were pretty good. Volson obviously had his penalty on the goal line again, didn't he? I know he's had a couple of those down by the yeah, goal line. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, bit eager maybe. Bit eager. Yeah, I I think they are definitely getting better. I just feel like in general, Joe Boy's got more time. I, I, yeah. Not, not loads more, but definitely you don't feel like he's under And that's kind of all you need, right? And especially... Yeah, all you needed yesterday. I mean, I, I think the first couple of games, it reminded me so much of Andy Dalton's last couple of years of the Bengals, yeah, where he was yeah, literally yeah. just running for his life on every play. He was running. He'd almost get the ball and just like start off because he knew it was coming. And it was really difficult to watch. And we were all, I mean, we were all sitting there saying, and, you know, it's still, you don't want to maybe, you know, pretend it's all completely over after one or two good games. But we were saying, oh, is Joe Boy seeing ghosts? Has he, you know, he's been hit so many times that he doesn't, you know, he's losing his confidence and, he, you know, is he permanently damaged? There's a yeah, lot of analysis yeah, yeah. around on Twitter about, you know, has he permanently got something up in his head with this? And I think certainly from what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, the line is getting better. They're, they're certainly protecting him more. He is taking hits, but the way he plays, I kind of expect him to take a few more hits than perhaps some other people um, around the league. I don't think in terms of the rushing lanes, they're particularly that we, we're not seeing obvious massive holes for Mixon but to run ha- up at the it, moment. I mean, it has but, been better, and I think it's been good enough, again, just to yeah. keep the defence honest. And if they want to, you know, kind of sit deep and take away the big play, they have to come up a little bit more. And then you know if you're if you're man covering either Jamar Chase or T Higgins or in this on this occasion Tyler Boyd, good luck with that. You know. Um, okay, let's get to our correspondences. Uh, before with that, uh, must say a huge thank you to everyone that went to a Manchester meetup uh, yesterday. Looked like I couldn't make it personally, but. Um, Looked like a great crowd, and uh, the reports were a good night was had by all, so thanks very much for that. We are planning a meet-up in Cincinnati uh, for those people going on the touchdown trips. Trip, in a, what is it? Goodness me, a couple of weeks' time, not just under two weeks' time. Um, so stay tuned for that. I know a lot of our American listeners want to come out and say hello, so we're trying to engineer a situation where... Uh, you can come and say hello and we can say hello to you and drink drinks and sing filthy songs together and dance naked on tables um, or just have a beer together. Um, uh, but for uh, UK listeners, we're hoping to get something in the books uh, in the lead up to Christmas that will be down in ye olde London town. So stay tuned for that. Right, let's get to our correspondences. As promised, uh, we are, of course, at Huday underscore UK on Twitter, Bengals UK on Facebook, so do come and say hello. Let's start with Cincinnati Watch Company at Cincy Watch Co. Um, First time caller, I think. Uh, And that person says, 
It's adjustments that make this team great and the coaching staff got it done again. The run-pass offence added element is getting it done. First three games, no play action. TD to Boyd to open this game. Play action, touchdown. And I will add off, off a shotgun. Which was pretty uh, cool to see. Running threat of run keeps DBs and LBs honest. Well said, Cincy Watch Company. Um... Jamie at Trequiet Beaster. Such a good time had at the Manchester Do. Big uh, capped off to Jamie, who set that all up. So thank you, Jamie. Uh, great to see Big Dick Joe flipping and flopping it about everywhere. Play like that and we're unstoppable. There you go. Um, but just as a point, I think you're right. I think we will have to adapt against different teams as uh, you know the, the games go by. The Browns will be much stiffer test defensively. They've obviously got a tremendous run game as well. So it'll be interesting to see how they come out and play, uh, whether, again, they just let... And this leads into uh, VB's comment. VB at Von Blade. Solid hand. I love the acceptance that we've got too many weapons to cover and you don't need to establish the run. Just keep passing it and it'll work. Who needs to run when you're doing 450 yards per game? Um, I I understand that, but I, you do, as since you watch company says, you do need some run game to keep that defense honest and keep them on their toes. You know, you don't want to become too one dimensional. You know, you can uh, you know you can be one dimensional in terms of uh, the you know the passing game. You just go out and pass, pass, pass. But you've got to have some wrinkles there. But if you can mix in a bit of the run game, uh, then you will be keeping the defense uh, on their toes. Slam Dunk, Slam Dunk the Funk. Solid handle. Uh, an overall feeling of disappointment. Okay, Duncan. Uh, well executed play calling, electric offense, lights out defense apart from the TD for 70 odd yards. Surely to God, no one will moan about anything after that. Kind of missed the playing from 10 points behind. Heart palpitations and late drama. You just contradicted yourself there, Duncan. You said, how the hell can anybody moan after that? And then you kind of said, well, I actually missed the... But I know what you mean. I know what you mean. No, I actually very much prefer the fact that we won fairly handsomely. There was a few sticky moments. I was a little bit, tiny bit worried at halftime when there were like, you know, 28-17 uh, uh, down and they had the ball back first in the first in the second half. But uh didn't quite uh, pan out that way for the Falcons, thankfully. Paris Pinney at Paris Pinney. Uh, the offence continues to go from strength to strength. The last two games have set the standard going forward. Now onto a big divisional game versus our bogey team in the Browns. Win that and there's a strong chance we're 6-3 and three at the bye. That would be the aim, wouldn't it, I think? You'd love to go into the bye week 6-3, and three, I think. I completely agree and... I, I, none of these games are must-win at this point, but I think if, if you were to lose one of them and go in at um, five and four, I do think you'd be sitting there saying, oh, it probably should be coming out better than that because we haven't really, for my money, played anyone that good apart from maybe... I mean, the Dolphins are all right, but you got them with backup quarter, uh, quarterbacks in the game, the Ravens are good. You'd say that you played them; they're a good team. The Cowboys, with Cooper Rush, 
the Jets, I know their record's not bad, but I, I don't, again, we were playing them with Joe Flacco, so you, you sort of take that with a bit of a pinch of salt. We played the Saints with Dalton, you know. So I don't know. I, I, you'd be, I think four and three with a team we've got, you'd say, well, it's a winning record. It moves you forward. You know, you keep going at that that sort of pace. You probably nick, you nick your way into the playoffs. But we all know that the second half of the season is going to be a lot tougher with the Titans, Chiefs, the Browns, with Deshaun Watson, the Bucks. We're saying that the Bucks are looking a bit a bit rope and rope at the moment. Yeah, um, the yeah. Patriots, the Bills, and the Ravens again. So you don't really want to be sitting there looking at that schedule and saying, bloody hell, we've got to go, you know, and win more than we lose there or we're not getting into the playoffs. I mean, these games are, the Browns are terrible at the moment. You know, they're, they're not getting thumped, but they're getting beat fairly handily and against some pretty poor teams. So it's a prime time game, which always worries you a bit, doesn't it? Um, we're not great in primetime games. I, I think this, the, the Panthers game at home, I know the Panthers just beat the Bucks, but goodness me, like at home, nice Sunday six o'clock game, the Bengals quite like those. You'll be there, Sam, with all the English fans yeah. shouting very loudly. So I'm not worried about that game, but the Browns game I am worried about. And like yeah, you said, yeah. Cowboys never beaten the Browns. It's prime time. The Browns are due a win and, you know, they'll be playing hard against us because it's the Battle of Ohio. So, that's a game that I really think we need to win. And if we don't, and we do beat the Panthers, and we go in five and four, it's all right. It's all right, but you're gonna have a, your work cut out going down the stretch, I think. And you're gonna have to play very well, um, a to win the division, or b to even get in the playoffs at all. So, bit of a crucial little stretch, I think, these next two games. Mm. Peter Dadwell at Dadders. Um... Just two points, dominating in the passing game, O-line stayed strong. Is that as close to a perfect offence as we've seen from the Bengals in a game? I think you have to say yes, really. Yeah, uh, he, he also goes on to say, pleased to see depth guys and rookies now contributing on the D. ADG showed it well. Carter continues to get solid reps. Tufeli turning heads. CTB getting useful reps. Um, Osai stepping in for trade to good effect. Cam Sample solid. All this August well for the season moving forward. Okay, here's a question. A lot of people chattering away on social media. Uh, the fact that uh, Cam Taylor Britt got more snaps than Eli Apple. Eli Apple has had two relatively poor games. Um, what do you think? Is this the is the is there a cornerback controversy going on here? Not so much controversy, but is there a genuine battle here? Yeah, you hope so, don't you? Cam Taylor-Britt, I think he had a very, very good camp. I know he got hurt. He comes out as sort of a high a high pick. Um, he's a funny one, Eli Apple, because he does have some really good games and you, you get behind him and he had a good game against the Dolphins, didn't he, against Tyreek Hill. Everyone was singing his praises, but then he's gone off the boil a bit. But he, I don't know. I don't know if he maybe he's one of those players that raises his game against quality of opposition. You know, he was fantastic, wasn't he, against the Chiefs last year and in those games that mattered. But you love to see it with Cam Taylor-Britt. You love seeing those young guys get some snaps and the, the fact that coaching staff trust them and they want to thrust them into the, the, the spotlight and getting them some game time. And you have to say, I mean, I'm sure I've seen already today that always PF grade Cam Taylor-Britt was like 40-something or whatever. Mm. So you, you feel a bit like, oh, I don't know. But end of the day, I think he only played about 12 snaps. I saw him make a tackle or two. I mean, good for the lad, you know. Let's not get, let's not get too held up on, you know, what PFF are saying about it. You know, at the end of the day, like Pete, like Pete says, it, it's it's good for him to get those snaps. It's good for him to get on the field, take, you know, 
hit some NFL players, get some experience under his belt. And it's good for Eli Apple as well. Healthy competition, both of them on the field, you know. It's exciting times and I, I welcome it. It's, it's good to have that talent. Um, and competition, right? uh, Bridge of a size, at Bridge of a size. Uh, yeah, it could be a first-time caller here. Welcome, Bridge. Um, loved how the run defence held steady even with the injuries, but I'm still scarred by the last two years against the Browns. Can they beat a dominant pass rusher and running game on the road to boot? If so, they're on their way. Exactly right. If we can just hold steady against Miles Garrett and his crew and, and limit Nick Chubb, and force Brissett into the mistakes he will inevitably make at crucial moments, then, um, yeah, I mean, could it be. Is, it is worrying against the Browns because Brissett, he's, he, he's not crazy, but he's not he's not bad. No. Nick Chubb, obviously, is outrageous. And I know we, we did a fairly good job against the Falcons shutting up shot, but it's a, it's a different game playing their running backs to Nick Chubb. You know, he, he's possibly the best running back in the league. Yeah. Um, they've obviously got Amari Cooper and Joku's decent. Um, People's Jones. I think he might, and Joku might be out for the year, you know. Oh, is he? Yeah, which you don't like to see anyone get injured, but could help yeah. the Bengals if they do. But um, okay, Paul, Paul, you know, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a tasty one. It is very much so. Uh, Paul at Picar Burns, uh, much easier watch than all the previous weeks. Better all-round team performance. It felt very odd not to be sat on the edge of the sofa for the last five minutes, wondering which way the game might end. Too right. Uh, Stuzy72 at Neil underscore Stewart underscore that TB one handed catch. Lots of emojis there. Uh, the most similar we've looked to last season, maybe even better. Bring on the Browns uh, next week. John Ward at John Ward31 was actually a pleasure to watch. Uh, if we can win games in either situation, it bodes well. And that's referencing, you know, winning from miles ahead or winning from miles behind. Seiji at Earl of Norks. Um, a fluid performance from offence. Absolute masterclass from Joe and the boys. First game this season uh, that from start to finish they could have scored what they when they wanted. Defence, considering we had a few key, in, key injuries, stepped up again. Dan Waite at DNKW. Chuffed to see the passing game prolific again. Also pleased with the run defence from our backups. Very encouraged. Uh, Rob Hill at Surely this season. That was ex outstanding. Uh, sorry, go on. Solid handle. There you go. Sorry, Rob, you deserve your solid handle there. That was outstanding in almost every respect. Uh, sadly, it'll probably be the last we see of single coverage. You have to double our receivers. Burrow was fire. Wanted to ask you guys for your assessments on how our new starters are doing compared to those they replaced. Um, Hayden uh, Hurst, as like I said earlier. He, yeah, Hayden Hurst, really good. Um, uh, you got to say, uh, Leo Collins has settled right down, starting to show what he's why we signed him. Alex Cap has been pretty consistent, as has Karras. I've been surprised how decent Volson is, and he'll only get better. I still think at this point, Quinton Spain will be playing at a better level than Volson. You'd expect that. Maybe. But Volson potentially, as he gets down the stretch and he keeps his reps up, could maybe stake a claim there. But but that's the only one in that area that I'd say potentially 
is a downgrade. I, I, like I said, I think they definitely are getting better week on week. The line, it, it feels like Joe Boy's got more time. So that, that certainly feels encouraging. And on defence, I mean, the only really new starter, uh, and he was here last year, is BJ Hill. And I think he's done pretty well, actually, quietly and assuredly. Um, uh, I think Tufeli started yesterday, so he's been really good. Uh, in terms of a guy that's just come off the street and yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, overall, I think you know it has been better than last year, but it's just taken a bit of time to figure it out. It's taken a bit of time for the offensive line to get into sync. It's taken a bit of time, maybe, for Joe Boy to to get back to full fitness after his appendic- uh, appendicitis. Uh, uh, I did operation. also think... You know, there's a lots of little things going yeah. into why things weren't quite right. I do think, though, like, the, the offence... I don't know, I know against the Saints it was decent, but you've got to remember we were behind against the Saints the whole game and sort of, you know, Joe Boy stepped up and won it for us at the end. But it, it was all right last week. But I know th- this week was brilliant. And like, like Pete said, you know, arguably could it get any better than that? I do think we have to remember the Falcons are a pretty poor. No, defense. I agree. I agree. I Especially agree. with AJ Terrell going down during the game, who's about their only decent cornerback. You know, I, I have a lot of teams: Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Frankly, you know, most offenses around the league with any sort of proficiency would probably have done a number on the Falcons yesterday, having to make those adjustments mid-game at home. So. I know we can all salivate over that and it's always very exciting seeing your skilled players tearing down the field, scoring big touchdowns. But I, I, I think the Browns, as you said, some with Miles Garrett and a couple of other defences we're going to come up against fairly soon will be a much better measuring stick of has this offence improved? Has the line improved? Are we a better team? I think, you know, Grady Jarrett's a good player on their defence and yeah, I know he had a sack yesterday, but let, let's see how, how they fare. Like you said, on the road, under the lights against... Um, a bit of a raucous crowd and it's getting better you can't ask for more than yesterday so it's hard to take anything away but like I said let's let's see for sure let's not overreact until we actually do it against a team that you can be proud of like we did against the Ravens twice last year uh, right finally Derek Davis at Sturdy Stem um, <laughs> solid handle <laughs> Look, great handles tonight Derek's Derek's uh, changed his handle there nice one Derek you've up your game lots of people upping their uh, their handle game uh, one of the best team performances of the Zach Taylor era Burrow impressive as ever TB take a bow for that filthy one handed catch CTB got a rude welcome to the NFL Mariota duked his jockstrap clean off I didn't see that bit and maybe that was in the in the, in the changing rooms I don't know um, only one game but they didn't take Tariq Woolen in the draft. Now, Tariq Woolen, athletic freak, cornerback, four interceptions for um, the Seahawks, probably might be on the all-rookie team. But, you know, them's the, them's the breaks, really. Uh, you know, I think he was mentioned quite a lot. But anyway, I'm quite happy with the Bengals team at the moment and um, can't pick everyone, Derek, can you, really? Uh, but still, there we go. Um, right, that's your lot. Um uh, what are we going to do next week's podcast? Because it's a Monday night game. Tuesday, Tuesday night, you reckon? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I'm nervous, Sam. I'm very nervous. Yeah, I'm a bit nervous. As people have mentioned in the correspondences, there we haven't beaten the Browns in the Joe Joe Burrow Joe Boy Burrow uh, era, if you want to call it that, uh, and nor in the Zach Taylor era either. I don't think. Um, so, 
it's a big one. They've got some weapons. They're not playing. I mean, I disagree with you, but I think they're probably playing a bit better than their record suggests. They're, they're similar to us. They've not lost games by a lot. You know, they lost no. their. They they beat the Panthers. They lost to the Jets by one point. They lost to the the Chargers by two points. They lost to the Falcons by three. Lost to the Ravens last night by three. So similar to how we lost a few games, but you know, by those late field goals at the end, it's been the same sort of story for the Browns. You know, on another day, another field goal, another play goes one way or the other, and they could easily have. Yeah, you know, three, four wins themselves. So, yeah, on the road, I think the one thing that's exciting, um, I believe I'm right in saying this, is that the clocks, it's the one week. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it's it. Go, yeah, it's like the crossover, yeah. isn't it? Um, I think it's a 12.15 kick a.m. kickoff rather than a one fifteen. manageable, isn't it? You can sort well, of... I don't know, you it's know, still like, you know, quarter past three, yeah, uh, yeah, nine-eye time. And quarter past four, isn't it? Yeah, no, that is true. It is true. Um, we will be back at some stage. We're debating whether to have a tailgate on the Sunday, but, in, you know, if if we don't... You know, it's time for Red Zone again. Kick back and enjoy the NFL without too much uh, uh, too much uh, hassle or uh, emotional connection. Just sit back and enjoy the games and then uh, adjust your napping techniques if you need to for the Monday nighter. Uh, we'll probably be back next Tuesday just to see what happened and to talk things through. Hopefully, this will be the start of a nice little mini run uh, and then uh, we can go into the bye week feet up for a week and uh, looking in good shape for the big big last stretch of the season so until next week uh, thank you very much for listening thanks to freak base for the new theme tune hope you all like it and uh well yeah it's a who day from me and a who day from me cheers guys
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.